0: Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome back to the Magic Vibes podcast by me, your host, Kelsey J. Patel, a weekly healing podcast show with tools and techniques from me and my community of wellness experts to bring you a sense of peace, belonging, and honest connection to life and your powerful magic. I cannot wait. To share the magic vibes with you. And today we have an amazing guest, Danielle, who is the face yoga expert. She is joining us, and we're not only talking about face yoga and all the magic that we have inside of our faces, that you guys are going to receive plenty of juicy tips and tools to activate and elevate the vibes coming and radiating off of you through your eyes, through your face, through your skin. But we're also going to talk a little bit about the journey that she's been on. She recently did her Reiki 1 training under my program with teacher Heather Martin, who has more trainings actually coming up. If you want to check that out, it's in the show notes. But it's so fun to hear more about a student's journey from never having done a Reiki training to doing their first Reiki 1 and all the goodness inside. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll be back at the end. My goodness, Danielle, you are the world leading face yoga expert. You are a recent Reiki One certification graduate from my Reiki One program. You trained with Heather Martin. And you are just a, a light beam in the world. You have hundreds of thousands of views on your YouTube channel. You are, you're somebody who's really like, for all intents and purposes of what I've seen, you have forged your own path, your own niche in the marketplace. So I'm so excited to dive in today and just a a welcome and a hello and a thank you for coming to the podcast.
0: Oh, Kelsey, thank you for having me. I mean, I'm so excited to be here. And As I was saying to you, just perfect timing with the Reiki as well. I'm about to fill in my final sort of Reiki one form so I can get my certification for that. So the 30 days of self-practice for me has been amazing and a really interesting journey, actually. So, yeah, I can't wait to tell you more about that. I'm so
1: excited because I get, you know, I... I have so many stories that have happened with Reiki students along the way that are that are private, you know, that are in emails or in they'll pop my old students will pop into my DMs or will see each other or they'll come on retreats. And so we get to have all this juicy communication and these conversations about how Reiki has literally transformed their lives and also about the challenges and the unforeseen obstacles that and hurdles that come up as you're going down the path and for anybody who's done a reiki training you've you've probably had your own similar experiences and in the way that I teach reiki that was taught to me and Danielle studied with my my number one she was a student of mine for years she's my best friend heather martin you did your reiki one with her as did many other students and in our protocol we don't just give you a training and say, okay, now you're attuned to your Reiki 1 and go live your best life. It's a, okay, you've had your Reiki 1 certification training. And now what you choose to do next, and if you get your certificate, it's, it's on you. Because we give you a whole protocol. You have to do Reiki on yourself every single day for 30 consecutive days. And you have to keep a Reiki journal. You have to do the Reiki precepts. You have to volunteer, have a volunteer that you get to work on once a week. You have to do a full body Reiki treatment on yourself once a week. And the protocols for my training get bigger and heftier every step of the way for the rest of the trainings. But I'm so curious. So how was that journey for you? Because I know many of my listeners have maybe done their Reiki training or maybe they're Reiki curious, or maybe they've kept sort of coming across the path of Reiki or they've had a Reiki session before, or they've Done one of my Instagram lives and felt the Reiki live stream. So, what was your journey like, Danielle? And then we're going to dive all into face yoga.
0: Well, it's been really interesting for me because Reiki's sort of been on my radar for years. I mean, my very first training was in relaxation therapy. I've obviously trained in as a yoga teacher and well-being coaching, face massage and so on. But I mean, we'll probably get into that journey later on. But I've always felt, particularly over the last couple of years, actually, that I wanted to just take my training to a different level, more on the sort of healing and spiritual side of things. And I think particularly the last two years, I'd probably say since the beginning of 2020, I feel like I've had probably what I would call a second spiritual awakening. So I think my first one was when I recovered from chronic illness and transformed my life there. Um, And I thought that that was my spiritual awakening. But sometimes I think you look back and go, okay, maybe that was my wellness (laughs) awakening. But I think whether we we have several ones, I'm not sure, but in the beginning of 2020, I just started to work so much more on myself in a deeper level. So really doing much more of that shadow work, a lot of EFT, which was amazing, because I think the way I've been looking at wellness for many, many years was how can I be as positive and healthy as possible? Now, beginning of 2020, I did start to get more then into that place of saying, how can I be more aware? So this isn't just about feeling positive all the time. This is actually saying, I feel a whole range of feelings. I'm having a full human experience. How can I embrace that? How can I be aware of that? But also, how can I just go a bit deeper into some of those uncomfortable feelings? How can I feel those? How can I start to shift those a little bit? So definitely from a personal point of view, that's where I've been in the last sort of couple of years, which has been amazing and so freeing for me. And at the end of last year, I was writing, as I always do at the end of a year and going into a new year, my sort of goals and manifestations and something which I really felt. And I guess it was also doing a little bit of shadow work on that. I felt like there was something missing within my training as a professional, but also for me personally. And I knew that was something to do with healing. So I just sort of put it out there that I would like to have more training, more knowledge, more experience within healing. And I wasn't really sure what that looked like. And obviously, you know, I've known you for a couple of years, you've been on my podcast i actually re- recently listened to your audio book, which is amazing, by the way. I absolutely love that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I actually saw one of your Instagram posts with Heather saying that Heather's going to be doing the Reiki One training. And I just literally signed up there. I was like, you know when it just feels right? I didn't question it. I didn't research it too much. I hadn't heard of Heather before. I just knew it was right. So I signed up for it and loved the training day. That was amazing. And what the, the place has been really interesting for me, it's been the self-practice every day. So I started off probably days one to seven saying to myself, okay, Danielle, you have to do your Reiki now. And I'd sit down and I would go <laughs> through the motions and I would see Reiki on and I would do it. And I'd put my hands in all of this position and it just, felt wrong. And I actually went back to my journal and I looked at what I had wrote at the beginning of the year. And something which I'd wrote in there is that I would like to have a morning routine which feels comfortable and feels right to me. Now, the reason I say that is pre-children, I had quite a structured morning routine, lots and lots of stuff going on in there, you know, the yoga, the meditation, the journaling. And since I've had my girls, so sort of the last eight years, I've just given myself a little bit of grace and said, actually, morning routines in that way don't work for me. What I do instead is what I call my non-negotiables, which are my yoga practice, my walk in nature, and my face yoga, which I then do throughout my day because I run my own business. You know, I'm my, my own boss. I can find points in the day where I do what I usually would do in a, in a morning routine. And that's worked beautifully for me, but I just felt like I needed something, even if it was two minutes, 15 minutes, something to start the day in a positive way, because by nature, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> Absolutely same, not. same, same. <laughs> <laughs> so anything I can do that just starts the day with gratitude and starts the day feeling a little bit more positive Is great for me. So I just suddenly had this feeling after about a week of really going, okay, I've got to do my Reiki homework, that I should just do this in the morning. Now I said to my husband, what if I set my alarm just 15 minutes earlier and I just lie in bed and before I even speak to anybody, so I always wear an eye mask um, over my eyes, before I even take my eye mask off, before I even get up and go to the toilet, what if I do my Reiki then? That's where my energy is probably at its most pure and probably most aligned before I suddenly get into, okay, I've got to take, you know, one of my kids to the toilet. I've got to do this or do that. I mean, it's all go, go, go from there. What if I did that? And my husband said, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll get up do those first sort of 15 minutes. And then we do the rest together as we usually work with the morning routine for the girls. And that's what I have been doing. And it Mm. has been amazing. Honestly, it has been beautiful so I am just really guided by what feels right. Sometimes I, I I do a full body reiki every morning, but I take whatever time feels right. So sometimes I do it for five minutes. Sometimes it's going longer into sort of twenty minutes or thirty minutes. And sometimes I'm just feeling the energy while I'm doing it. Sometimes I feel called cool to do some affirmations or gratitude. Sometimes. I feel called to visualise certain colours of chakras. Sometimes I feel like I need to spend longer on certain places, but I'm guided purely by intuition. Now, what I was doing that first week was going, "Okay, I'm on my heart chakra (laughs) now. So therefore, let's think of the colour green. Whereas now I'm doing it from a really pure place. That first moment I wake up, you know, either my alarm goes off or if I hear one of the girls wake up, my husband will just get up straight away with them and I will just do it. And it has been amazing. And actually, this is a funny thing. My husband said, it's so much nicer since you've been doing that. Yes! Race.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so beautiful to hear that because, you know, as a, as a student myself in former years, and also as a teacher now for many, many years, the one thing that that each of us tries to share with students is how much you can trust yourself, how much you do know how to receive and incorporate and integrate and harmonize with the Reiki. And the ego mind, which is that first week that you had, is in all of us. So it's going to try to... Grab hold of the process and the sort of even the ego is like, I've got this. We're going to surrender. I know how to do that. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. it just wants so badly to be the one that's still in the driver's seat. And it's lovely. We need the ego. It, It gives us lots and lots of great offerings throughout our life and our day. But the part that is the most beautiful to see and witness in a student through a protocol where if, if we just said, ah, oh, good job, Danielle, like you're off now, go experience your Reiki. And there was no, there was no part of the training or the journey that kind of forced you to commit somehow to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you go on the discovery path with yourself of like, damn it, this doesn't feel as good as it did the day of my training. Like, what is it? You know, and that's the, that's the magic. And that's the juice that you can't write in words. You can't, promote a Reiki training and let people understand what's gonna happen and unfold for them. Yeah. And it's like, but it's just so gorgeous to hear your journey. And you're someone who's really probably experienced in many ways through having a journey of, you know, of illness and and chronic pain in in that format and fear. And then doing things like yoga and the experience of a Shavasana practice is the closest thing I can align to a Reiki healing experience because you've worked all of the energy of the physical body to then have that blissful surrender and that expansiveness. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell us a little bit, I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that and for following your light and your intuition and your knowingness. And you've probably, you probably had a lot of bonus because you knew how to surrender you know you you were able to check yourself 7 days in and be like mm, this isn't aligned because you've done so many self practices so i'd love to segue into sort of how you got into the face how you became the face yoga expert because you shared a lot of the trainings you had and and you know if you want to briefly share a little bit about your sort of journey into the wellness world but I'm so curious of how you got into it because so many people that listen to this podcast are also experiencing some form or seeking or desiring some form of that transformative light where they know they have something unique and special because every one of us does. And they are itching to let it sort of come out. And so I think hearing stories that are so inspiring by people who have found their niche And know that it's their calling is just an offering of inspiration that you too have your own niche to follow and to walk your
0: own unique path. Absolutely. And I agree. You know, everyone does have their special gift. And I think it's just giving ourselves permission to acknowledge that and to see that light because I think we're often so clouded by so many previous experiences um, by so many voices around us that sometimes it is difficult to listen to our own inner voice and I mean you and I we've been on such a journey professionally and personally but still it's easy to not hear that inner voice sometimes and be clouded by everything else so I you know again it's just going back to that give yourself a little bit of grace so say to yourself it's okay you know I maybe I haven't found my niche I haven't found my calling yet but it will come and I'll surrender and I'll know I'll manifest our journal but I'll know that it'll come so yeah I just wanted to say that before I <laughs> went into into my journey but yeah my journey so it started when I was 21 so what's that 18 years ago now And I had just left university. I'd done my degree in education. I was planning to be a school teacher and I became really unwell. So I got an illness called um, ME, so chronic fatigue. Um, It really affected my immune system, my nervous system. And I was at the point where... I, I mean, I'd left university, I decided just to get a, a, just a little sort of low pressure job just for the meantime, because I knew my health was deteriorating. And I got to the point where I couldn't walk to work, let alone work. So wow. I became completely bedridden, very much housebound. Now, I was a very different Danielle back then. I didn't know what yoga was. <laughs> I mean, I knew nothing of holistic health and spirituality. Yes, I would go and do a workout in the gym or I would play some sports and I would eat a few fruit and vegetables here and there. But really, I knew nothing about my body in a holistic or a spiritual sense in any way. And actually, I had completely burnt myself out. You know, by 21, I had burnt myself out in every way. Were you like an over-achiever? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Perfectionist, okay. yeah. overachiever, and then I got the virus, um, Epstein bar virus. Oh, me too. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all it all went from there. So, um, and when I became very, very unwell, you know, I was obviously searching down the very traditional route, asking doctors, "What can I do? How can I heal?" And there was no answers. Um, you may live with this forever. You may just get over this in a few weeks or a few months. So. I decided to take matters into my own hands. And I remember booking a session with a life coach who'd been through a similar thing and had overcome um, the illness. And one of the first things she said to me was try some yoga. And I had no clue what yoga was. <laughs> and I remember I asked someone to go to a shop for me and get an old little sort of VHS um videotape of some yoga. And I couldn't do very much. I mean, it was literally a little bit of stretching in bed at the time, but I remember so clearly, I can visualize the bedroom and everything now. The first time that I learned to breathe properly, I took that first breath. It gave me so much hope. It really did. I felt, oh my goodness, I feel clearer straight away. And that was the moment that, that I then thought, okay, what else? What else can I do to heal myself? And I drew on the help of lots of different experts, lots of different holistic coaches and therapists, and also did a lot of inner healing. You know, I was too unwell to read or to watch TV. You know, the brain fog was overwhelming. The muscle pain was overwhelming. So I would spend a lot of time, you know, listening to visualizations and meditations and doing breath work and affirmations. And all of that was key, you know, changes in the way I ate, I gave up alcohol and caffeine because... They were stressing my body. Lots and lots of different things. And as with all of these things, there isn't just one answer. There isn't one sort of magic pill. It was a whole journey. There's lots of different things. And I managed to recover within 18 months. And I was stronger and healthier than I had ever been in my life. But also, and I always like to add this little bit, I knew I still had to be careful because I couldn't just go back to my old life. It was mm. about how can I now forge a new life? And I started to become very interested, particularly in relaxation and meditation. And I started to do some online learning as I was recovering at home in, in relaxation therapy. Um, and then as I recovered, I thought, OK, I'm going to help other people. So there must be so many people out there that either go for a similar illness or just want to use these really simple techniques that I'm using to feel healthier and happier. So I, I trained then in, in yoga and various other things. And I started teaching a lot of yoga and meditation classes. And I started to build up quite a big client base. And I was enjoying teaching. I loved it. I did some face massage training as well. And I kept having this thought. And it was a combination of things. I did my yoga training and I just was thinking to myself, why are we learning everything from the neck downwards and nothing about the face and head area? Oh, wow. That's so I had that thought. Yeah, wow. That was was like spirit just dropping (laughs) in some wisdom. Yes, definitely. And interestingly, I then echoing that maybe thought or feeling I had, was finding that my clients were saying to me, and this is going back, you know, 16 years ago now, where the skincare industry, the beauty industry was very different from what it is now. So clients were saying to me, you know, can't you do yoga for my face? You know, you're toning up my body through these exercises. I'm feeling calmer. I wish you could lift my face. And it was just these little tiny comments, which maybe if that wasn't already in my mind, maybe I would have ignored or dismissed in some way. But I felt that. And also, because I'd done my face massage training, I was very interested in the face. It was lovely giving people a treatment. But I knew that A, that wasn't my path to give people treatments. But B, I just felt like people are coming once a fortnight, once a month. But I want them to be able to do this massage and this acupressure mm. on their face every day. You know, that is really how they're going to get the best results. So then the research started. I started to do. A lot of research into particularly Eastern methods. So looking at traditional Chinese medicine, acupressure points, massage techniques, looking a lot at Ayurveda, again, looking at massage, drawing on lots of my trainings as well and seeing how we can adapt a lot of that sort of traditional yoga training and meditation training and adapt it for the face. And looking a lot of research into the science of the face, how the muscles are composed, the skin is composed started to put together the Danielle Collins Space Yoga Method. And one of the lovely things actually about having the lots of full yoga and meditation classes and lots of clients at the time is I had real people I could trial it on while I was developing it all, which was wonderful. So I used to teach just little bits at the end of a yoga class, or I used to do little focus groups with my clients. And I think those early days of just honing the technique with real people that I was seeing on a day-to-day basis was so key. And so many of those techniques that I developed then is still what I teach now. I mean, my methods obviously developed over the years for various reasons, but yeah, many of the core of, of what I developed then is, is still what I'm teaching now. And then wow. fast forward all these years, I'm, I'm lucky enough to still be teaching it. It's so beautiful. It's
1: fascinating to me. And I have questions that popped up as you were speaking. So the first is, when you were experiencing the sort of 21-year-old Danielle, Mm -hmm. what was it that you, if you could look back now, what was it that was driving you into overdrive?
0: Oh my gosh, that's a really great question. What was driving me into overdrive? I think there was something which in me, which believed that I had to be perfect in everything. Mm. So I had to be perfect in terms of getting the best grades with my degree, which I did. I had to be the best at the sports I played, which I probably was, you know, I had to be The party girl that was going out all the time, but also the grade A student. I was all of these things. And yes, I was achieving those things. But what I had no clue about is at what cost. Mm. I, you know, when I remember myself now looking back in those days when I was at university thinking, oh my goodness, my body can just keep going and going. It was like, yes, this is amazing. I can just keep going. I can achieve more and achieve more. So it was about wanting to be perfect and wanting to achieve more all the time. And that's exhausting.
1: <laughs> it is exhausting. And I, I mean, I know I personally had that journey a little bit later. Mine was more in my mid-20s when I <laughs> was working on Capitol Hill and I was... Burning the candlestick at both ends, as they say. I was working all day on Capitol Hill. Then I'd go bar I'd leave the job and I'd go bartend a few nights a week till three in the morning. Then I'd wake up at 6:30 or 7 a.m., go back to work. I'd babysit on the weekends. I danced in companies during the week. I taught dance on the weekends. And then of course I was in the doctor's office every month with bronchitis, or I would take. Those antibiotics is what I meant to say mm-hmm. every single month. And I didn't think anything of it. I'd take my pill and then I'd have a glass of wine. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, yeah. well, okay, sure. of course you got shingles and mono and oh. chronic urinary tract infections. I mean, I think yeah. I was just probably a few months away from being in a bedridden experience yeah. and yeah. The chronic back pain and all the things. And it's so enlightening to me to have these conversations with people who had the same experience and how horrible it is that it happens at such a young age and yeah. then for you and and for me it sounds like for you but i know for me i've spent now the last decade plus of my life recovering from that addict and being able to i mean i think i was addicted to advil as well because i would just pop the advil wow. to yeah. move the pain away and and now i look back and i think wow how many other people had that experience and then maybe lessened it a little bit but just kept it going because i think those are the people that i still work with now or that sort of still have some of those old very very limiting beliefs and i asked that question and i ask it to all of you listening is you know what was that that drive that put you into overdrive? What was that that thing that made you go there? And are you still going there? And because and I think it's a really important question for all of us to ask ourselves because as you said, we're continuously learning and seeing and going, ah, nope, went too far. Okay, bring it back to balance. Oh, nope, went too far again. Oh, bring it back to balance. And there's, I wouldn't say that it ever goes away. It's just your awareness is so much more um, activated. So you can see, and then you have more agility to come back without keeping it so structured and rigid in that control mindset. And the other thing I wanted to just point out to everybody that you said, which I think is so... You you said it so um, easily. And so just like as if that was your life just happening, was this idea that you had these thoughts when you were in your yoga training about why are we just learning from the neck down? And then you had these clients and these whispers of questions. Because to be honest, I did my yoga teacher training many years ago and I never thought about the face. And mm-hmm. I never heard anybody talk about face yoga until I met you just a couple of years ago. So I want to just in, inspire people to sort of open up those receptors in your brain of what. Are the questions or the curiosities that you're starting to feel in your life or see around you? And are people also talking to you about it or saying things to you that spark your curiosity or that you're just super interested in and want to learn more about? I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, but that's just something I had to pull out and extract from those those parts of your story.
0: Absolutely. And actually something which really stuck out about what you were saying is about that addict. And it's interesting because I think I've never thought about an addiction to doing, but I think that that's what I had. Um, it wasn't necessary for me an addiction. You know, you say like to painkillers or other people have addictions, to lots of other things. And I've never thought about myself as someone that perhaps had an addiction of any kind, but I definitely had that addiction to doing. And I think when you've had an addiction of any kind, say mine was just the doing and to working and to achieving, you still always have that inside you in some way. And I'm aware of that daily. So this is why my life now is the way it is because I look after myself so well, because I know it wouldn't take a huge amount for me to slip back into being a perfectionist or to slip back into working too much. And I do the work and I keep peeling away the layers of an onion as we all do. And I have so many tools and techniques now that I know that I would never get back to that place. But sometimes you feel those thoughts or feelings starting to come up and you want to just do, do, do. And you have to pull yourself back. (laughs) And isn't that interesting? And I think that will be there for life. No, it will, you're right it is. It's very
1: similar to how an addict has to just constantly know how how to navigate when they could they see themselves sort of slipping back into old behaviors. And I do it regularly with myself. It used to be because I've had such bad back pain that my back would be my indicator of like, oop, my neck's getting really tight and that back part is throbbing again, so I need to back the fuck off <laughs> from yeah. whatever i am doing right now even though it feels really good to my ego and i'm getting lots yeah. and lots of validation of how great i am yeah. it's, it's not worth it and yeah. then it would also be now it's more of uh, it's more of the energy of anxiety of i can feel when i'm not able when i just want to keep finishing a few things rather than going on my nature walk
0: mm-hmm. and like pushing
1: Because the sun's not going to stop going down. And so it's that idea of nothing to me is worth sacrificing what makes me feel good and what gives me joy to experience life. Because if we're not able to enjoy the actual presence of our life in front of us, how are we possibly going to be able to rest our head at night and feel like we can go into a deep, delicious, restorative dream state?
0: Absolutely, completely agree. And you're right. You know, we have to put those things to priority. And I have that conversation in my head every day. I mean, I did it today. I saw these emails popping up, and I thought, Oh my goodness, I haven't got time to go and have a walk in nature, which is exactly what I was going to do. My lunch break. Oh, I haven't got time. No, Danielle, yes. it's the number one priority because, in my experience. Emails always get done. You know, the things around the house that need doing always get done. But actually the self-care doesn't always get done. So if you make sure you do the self-care first, you'll always find time for those emails later on. Yeah, it's like so
1: learning how to undo it's undoing the doing. You know, mm -hmm. it's like that's the energy, I think, of all of it is this absolute activation we all feel from the satisfaction of doing. I mean, for sure it sparks serotonin and for sure it gives us that same um, you know, especially notifications on your phone and all these other th- and emails that come in, even if it's a horrible shitty email that you don't want to have to deal with, it's like it still sparks this part of us that maybe it's inherent, maybe it's part of our nature as humans, is it gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us a sense of of being here in the world and and what humans want to do is interact with each other. But all in balance. So I want to shift gears for a minute and ask you about face yoga. So uh, first of all, do you think skin products are incredibly important? Or do you feel like we can really shift our face and use a minimum amount of of skincare? Because I think I see people spend hundreds, thousands of dollars on products and i see i have a lot of friends who get botox and i am a very I, maybe someday i'll do it i don't know but i have zero calling to it i know for sure that botox lives in goes to the liver and it's very hard for it to process I've been found in cadavers that it's still inside their liver when they die so i i'm so curious what you feel about sort of what we put on our skin and then i want to talk about the exercises
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, your skincare routine is down to you. You know, I always say this. And even with something like Botox, you know, I feel the same as you. For me, Botox and fillers, that's not my journey for lots of reasons. But I'm always pro-choice. So actually, in so many ways, we are lucky that we live in a day and age, particularly as women now, where we have choice. We have choice over what we do for our skin. We have choice over how we look, which is an amazing and empowering thing. In terms of skincare, you know, you do you. So actually, if it gives you joy to have lots of skincare products and it's part of your self-care and your pampering routine, then go for it. But actually, I think most of the time, we don't need as many products as we think we do. What really brings our skin to its very best Health, um, how our skin glows, really from the inside out, is looking after ourselves holistically. So actually, often if you're going to go and spend your money, I would spend your money going to a yoga class, actually, as opposed to <laughs> getting too many skin creams, because the looking after yourself from the inside is what makes the the biggest difference. And with face yoga, you know, we are working holistically, so. We work with facial exercise, so we're working with strengthening and toning and lifting the muscles. We're working with massage, so we're really working with the circulation and the lymphatic drainage. We're working with acupressure, so we're working a little bit more holistically there. We're really working with the well-being. We're working with relaxation, which is so, so important. You know, the relaxation Part of face yoga to me is probably one of my favorite parts because we hold so much stress in our faces, and aesthetically, this is what causes a lot of those lines and wrinkles you know, those repetitive stress expressions whether it be pulling in between the eyebrows, tensing the jaw too much, um, squinting the eyes, whatever it might be. And then, in time, as we age and the collagen lasting production reduces, those lines are then um, etched into our skin. But of course. If we're holding stress and tension in our face, this can cause a whole range of health issues to you, jaw tension, um, headaches, migraines, sinus issues. So the relaxation is super important. And the fifth area in my method is well-being. So this really is what can we do for ourselves holistically. So yes, it's great to exercise the facial muscle yes, it's wonderful to do massage, all of this is going to help. But actually, a lot of it is also about things like how we're speaking to ourselves. You know, I work a lot with affirmations and self-talk, particularly how we speak to ourselves when we look in the mirror. Often those first few seconds in the morning, you know, what are we saying to ourselves about our skin and about our faces in those first few seconds? And we're all human. And I think particularly within the Society we live in now, most of the time for most of us, that is a negative thought or feeling that comes up when we look into the mirror. So it's just starting to understand. Let's acknowledge that. Let's feel that. Let's let that pass. Let's start to use some positivity because you know there is no point just exercising your face over and over if it's coming from a place of hate. Mm. If it's coming from a place where we're isolating just exercising that muscle, but we're not doing anything else at all. So. I am such a believer in the holistic approach. And whenever I teach face yoga, you know, I teach breath work, I teach visualization, I teach affirmations. It really does come from that word yoga union and yoking together is bringing everything together, mind, body, soul, spirit, face.
1: That's beautiful. And I, you know, I do feel like there's so much that is part of just the energy inside. And I tell my Reiki students this all the time, and you're going to see it too. Maybe you already have seen it. I think when people do their Reiki training, they become more beautiful. And it's because their inner light is actually so turned on and they're activating and connecting with it every day. And so they, they change, they shift. And they, I mean, it, it can be from any part of the body. But if you're, if you're releasing... Parts of you that you've been holding for so long, and maybe you don't even identify what the thing is, but you can just feel the energy clearing and the releasing. It just makes space for more of that light and that beauty. And, you know, and I really do believe um, I did an episode with one of my teachers. I call him my Mr. Miyagi. His name's Cliff Matsuno. And one of the things he talks about in that episode is how we really do want to actually align with our own beauty because that then is what we bring out into the world and the world wants beauty. The, think of nature. It doesn't shy away from its, its rhythms and its beauty. And it, want, it needs to be that so that we can have things like pollination. A flower has to be beautiful so that the bees want to come to it. And so it's that idea that if we can all sort of express and experience our own inner beauty, which becomes our outer beauty, we're bringing that into the world to just bring more beauty, more harmony, more balance to everything that's around us. And as you kind of consider, you know, all of those pillars and the parts of your or your practices, how long does it really take for somebody to do an exercise within face yoga that could make a change? Because to be honest, I know of you. I have your beautiful book. I've watched some of your videos. And I'm still not always motivated to like do the exercise. And it's not because of anything other than just it's new for me. So I haven't made it a part of my routine yet. And I, I'm a little um, intimidated, I guess, to just like start doing it and feeling like it's gonna maybe make an actual difference. And, you know, like I, I would love a guasha tool to like pull and yank and it feels like something's mm-hmm. circulating and moving rather than trusting yeah. my own little fingers to do it. So, can you tell us, even if it's just one exercise, and we'll obviously link all of your information, and you're going to be on the Pure Joy app. So we have some of Danielle's videos on the Pure Joy app, um, so you guys can follow along. But what's one just go to that you know starts to create an immediate difference for people?
0: So what I would say is, so you're going to just do one thing to start off with, integrate it into your skincare routine. So most of us at the very least apply a serum or oil or a moisturizer morning and night. So as you apply this, just take all of your fingertips and just simply tap. So you're tapping over the forehead, you're gently tapping around that delicate eye area, over your cheek area, you're doing it all around your mouth area. And you can take as long as you like with this, you know, a few seconds or up to a minute and you're just working up and down the neck. And that's going to help your product just penetrate deeper into the skin you're boosting the circulation, you're working with energy, you're helping a little bit with your lymphatic drainage around the eye area, and especially when you're working down the neck area, you're helping with that as well. And that literally takes one minute. And there's a technique actually, which I've been teaching as part of that for years, which is interesting because in some ways it is working with our Reiki energy, which is where we just rub our hands together. We build up some warmth and energy and then we just place our hands over our face and we just feel that warmth we can you can access your reiki energy if you want to allow it to come down um into the palms of the hands and actually just allow your facial muscles to relax even if you're not yet maybe attuned to to reiki energy or anything like that just simply use that warmth that you can feel in your hands and relax the tension i mean i see people almost get years younger instantly when they relax the stress and tension in their faces and that can take sometimes 10 seconds or 20 seconds when we just go okay forehead relax eyes relax cheeks relax jaw relax neck relax we just tell our face muscles to let go of whatever they're holding on to and that alone just opens the whole face up so i would say start small start with those two simple techniques And then just dip in where you can. So Kelsey, for example, you say you've got my book. Every technique in there is one minute each. Do it very intuitively. Open the book, whatever Mm, page you land on, you've got a one minute technique there and just commit to doing one minute. That's all you need to do, one minute per day. And see how that um, feels for you. See how that sits with you. And like when I started doing my 30 days of Reiki, at first I almost had to get through that uncomfortable stage of, okay, I've got to do my Reiki homework. And it felt a bit sort of clunky, but actually maybe I needed to go through that to get me started to something more intuitive. So do that. Just open up the book, pick a page, do one technique and then see how that sits with you. Maybe you just stick with one technique for the next year or maybe in a week's time you go, OK, so maybe I do 10 minutes or maybe I use one of Danielle's YouTube videos or one of the techniques from my app or, or from the Pure Joy app or whatever you're going to, to whatever feels right for you. But I love when people do it intuitively. So start small and Great. build up to whatever routine suits you.
1: That's perfect. And I, I really love it because I'm getting to receive and also recognize my resistance. It's just like when I started doing my Reiki training several, <laughs> like a decade and a half ago. So it's, yeah. it's so true that it's just getting through that little hump so, I've heard this before, and I want to know if you are aligned with this as well, that different parts of our face represent different parts of our energy or of our body. And so, I'm wondering if you are a yes to that, and also if you could tell us any of the places, sort of like the main the main holders on the face.
0: Absolutely. Everything is connected completely. and one of the most interesting things I've discovered over the years is how our emotions can show in certain parts of our faces. So maybe I'll talk about that rather than going through the sort of the textbook face mapping or facial reflexology side of things, which, by the way, is super interesting. But actually, just from what I've observed with working with people for the last sort of 15, 16 years is how there's certain emotions held in certain areas of the face. And the jaw in particular seems to be very related to control. So when we're trying to control something, we're often tensing our jaw area. And a lot of emotion can be held in our jaw. And in yoga, the jaw is is very often related to the hip area as well. So often if we've got a tight jaw, we tend to get quite a tight hip area. And we know from yoga as well that a lot of emotion can be really caught up and held in that hip area so if you're releasing your jaw think about releasing your hips and vice versa that's hugely related the area between the eyebrows so a really common area for people to get lines is what we often call those number 11 or they're, they're called globular lines um, between the eyebrows and that's often very related to our anxiety um, and our stress and maybe being out of alignment with our intuition in some way So obviously that the third eye area, as we know, is in that area. So times when we do feel like we're very anxious about something, perhaps we're living very much in our head and we're not actually going more into that sort of intuition side of things. We find that we can really get those lines between the eyebrows just really from an aesthetic point of view and not always connected emotions. Sometimes it is. But actually, interestingly, a lot of people say that they really express their forehead area. And it's interesting because actually what most of us need to do is relax our forehead area more and express with our eyes. Particularly in the modern age, we seem to have lost a lot of our connection with our eye area, um, particularly in yoga, in um, a lot of traditional yoga, eye movements are used a lot. But in very much in the western world and in modern society what we tend to do is when we look we tend to just move our whole head and when we express we tend to sort of raise oh. our eyebrow area and what we've lost a lot of touch with is using our eyes to their full capacity so what I love teaching is a lot of the eye movements um, and it's wonderful from an aesthetic point of view because people learn okay so when I'm excited I'm going to open my eye area more but Keep this forehead area nice and relaxed. I have a lot of exercises. Um, a simple one is placing the hands onto the forehead, opening the eyes wide and practicing looking up and down and training that muscle to stay relaxed, but opening up the eyes and everything feels lighter and brighter when we use our eyes more. Um, we feel a lot less sort of stagnant energy around the forehead and around the um, temple areas. So practicing eye movements holding that forehead just gently with a hand really still can make a big difference and we find that our whole energy lifts as well and energy in sort of both sense of the word um really really lifts so absolutely very connected i mean the ears are amazing as well i mean i could go on forever with this but you know the ears are, are wonderful particularly in ayurveda there's some amazing acupressure points in the ear which relate to the body but certainly even just massaging your ears just do it quite intuitively work around your ears and notice that warmth and energy that instantly starts to move across the face area you boost the circulation so well by massaging the ears
1: wow I and as you were talking my, I was like practicing with alerting and opening my eyes in yeah. a in a more profound way and I know that I'm certainly all of those things that you said. So I, that's such a great, great, great practice. What's your personal favorite daily practice?
0: For me, I do probably 20 to 30 minutes of face yoga every day. Wow. Um, yeah. And actually I put a post out on Instagram last week saying so it probably is going to surprise most people because you probably are going to expect me to be doing this on my yoga mat you know, doing it with my meditation music. But most of the time I'm doing my face yoga, sat on the sofa for that hour in the evening that my husband and I will sit down and watch Netflix or some reality TV or something like that. And that's when I'll do my face yoga. I mean, I do my yoga practice in a very meditative way, you know, on my own, on a yoga mat in the way that you would expect. So I have that time every day. But with my face yoga, it is my routine now, you know, the Kids have gone to bed. We sorted everything with the house out. We always have about an hour a day where we'll watch TV, and that is the time I will sit. I will do my face yoga. Sometimes I will use facial tools, and that is my time. And the morning, it just doesn't work for me. You know, with young children, it doesn't work. Sometimes I'll do a little bit of jade roller or rose quartz washer or something like that, which maybe will take a minute while I'm doing my skincare, and that's a really nice practice to do in the morning. But Fit it in when feels right for you. Because I think if I said to myself, even, but you know, it's my passion, it's what I do. But if I said, okay, now I have to find another 30 minutes somewhere else where it's quiet and relaxing, do it where you can. I know lots of people are doing the bath. It's lovely to do in the bath. Mm. In the shower, you can do some of this hands-free stuff while you're driving your car. You know, you really can just integrate it into your daily life. And I'm such an advocate of making as easy as possible. And even breaking it up into small bits, if that suits you as well. You know, do two minutes sort of morning, do two minutes at lunchtime, two minutes in the evening, whatever suits you.
1: Hey, that's so great. And all of these are such incredibly accessible and easy ways to get started. Danielle, where can everybody find you and come and say, Hi, we'll put everything in the show notes. But what are some highlights you'd like to share with people so they can get more of your
0: expertise? Well, you can visit my website, which is faceyogaexpert.com. and there's loads of information there about my teacher training courses, um, my apps, my books, facial tools. You can follow me on Instagram at expert, my YouTube channel, The Face Yoga Expert, Facebook, The Face Yoga Expert. So I'm everywhere TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn. Come along and, and say hi. Thank you
1: so much. And your book. Your book Mm -hmm. is such an amazing tool too. So we'll make sure to include that in the show notes. So thank thank you, my friend, for joining. Thank you for allowing us to receive all of this goodness and I can't wait to get my face yoga practice started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelsey. I'll speak
1: to you very soon, dear. And you're signed up for your Reiki 2 soon as well, yeah? I'm doing my Reiki 2 in May. I'm oh, so excited. Oh my gosh, get ready. That is the that is the overhaul. That is the probably the <laughs> most beautiful and the most challenging level of Reiki. People think Reiki 1 oh is goodness. like, wow, then they get to Reiki two and they're like, Oh wow, Reiki one was so easy.
0: In the best way.
1: In the best way. It's even more transformative.
0: I so like to... well, what I love about your course is how flexible. It can be because of the time zone difference, and because of that date, I couldn't make it. So, I love how you guys say it's okay, you do it, you know, a week later, you can do it through the recording. And I just love that that flexibility just suits me so well. I'm also excited to really see how I'm going to combine it with face yoga and everything else. I'm I do. so excited for so, that. This, yeah, it's going to be so amazing.
1: Exciting. Yeah. All right, darling, well, keep me posted after Reiki 2 on how it goes. And thank you so much again for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to continue to share the magic and all the vibes with you. Stay tuned as we keep traveling around the world with this podcast, sending you distance Reiki and energy healing from incredible places, lands, humans all across the globe. You're going to keep coming with me wherever I go, and I can't wait to share this journey with you. If you want more listening opportunities, head on over to my website, kelseyjpatel.com. You can check out the upcoming Reiki trainings we have as well. If this episode sparked any excitement or inspiration for you to check out your own personal Reiki journey. And if you want to follow the day-to-day vibes, check out my Instagram at Kelsey J Patel. Make sure to check out our at Magic Vibes Instagram to follow along for different updates on the podcast, our shop that is now available on KelseyJPatel.com and so much more. And if you guys have not yet checked out the Pure Joy app, make sure to dive in and at least get your first week for free. You can find it on Apple and Android, anywhere that you are on your phone, where you get apps, you can download the Pure Joy app. Danielle's face yoga videos are on the app. You have April astrology, which you guys have not listened. We do astrology readings every month. You wanna listen to both your sun sign and your rising sign. And so much more content updated and uploaded regularly for you to receive all that pure joy in your life. And last but not least, I have an amazing code for all of you with Now Foods Official. I recently announced my year long partnership with them for 2021. They have a website where you can check out not only extra content that I've created for them, but content from some incredible other experts in the wellness industry. And if you would like to buy any new products or update anything in your household from essential oils, to food, to bath products, to supplements, to so much more. You can use the code Kelsey on the NOW website for anything at all and get 20% off all year long. I'll be sharing that a few more times throughout the year because it's such a good discount. They have amazing products. We're going to link it in the show notes. And I hope you guys have an amazing week and an incredible day. And I'll see you in the magic vibes again very soon. Take care and be well, my friends.